is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody who's I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from Nairclaw. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat your children. It was just banter. Stay off the weed! And England win on penalties! History in itself! You know, I think it's a great city. I think they got the best organization in the NBA. But they do have some big old wins. I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why don't you take your pants off? Balls are fun. I understand. Come on, take it quickly, Reggie! Yes, good match. Now, Ronnie's in the fucking reserves. Listen, I ain't gonna forget about this by the time we get by the way. Hello, and welcome to episode 239 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett. Jack Harper will be joining us shortly. Alex Jones, a no-show again. A very bad look for him. And we said we'd bring Goff back in more positive circumstances. Goff, we're pleased to have you with us again today. Nothing for you to... Uh, well, basically, we, we usually bring you on and kind of ask, how do you deal with this latest setback? <laughs> so, on this occasion, we aren't doing that. So, hopefully, you've got some positivity to share, which we'll get into. Um Plenty of news of the week this week. Busiest week in, in, in a fair while. Um, hopefully we can make sure the energy is high today, although if uh, it's not, it is about 30 degrees here. Um, if we don't hear from someone at some point, they've passed out. Yeah. Just carry on. We keep moving. I think the most of us, if, if we are using a fan, then it's far enough away that we can't hear it, which is uh, not doing much for us. Me and Keenan just about managed it. Like sometimes his mic, when we do it on a Thursday, picks up the fan, and sometimes just it, it just refuses to. And he must have had an act from God because like I couldn't hear his fan once on Thursday. Two man pod, we did, and uh, it was all good, fortunately. Um, and in terms of energy, it can't be much worse. I, I mentioned this on the movie pod on Thursday. The Thursday before that when I did it with a seemingly hungover Harper and shoot, I actually had to put an apology in the description. Like, <laughs> sorry if you have to, I didn't tweet it out on the accounts. I was like, <laughs> look, I'll release it because we, we took the time and just kind of checked the box, but it wasn't, a, it wasn't a good performance by anyone. <laughs> I felt like LeBron with the Cavs. Like, I've, not, I've got nothing to work with here. Like, I'm firing questions off and then, There'd be a bit of silence. They go, ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just hanging back to the start. Up. Yeah. Um, but there we go. I'll get started with the news of the week. Man who paid 28 million for space travel with Bezos drops out due to busy schedule. I haven't seen anything that said whether he kind of got that money back or if it was just like. I feel like there's no reimbursement. Yeah. No, same. If it's anything and, uh, like a normal flight. Do you reckon he just got shook? Yeah, I mean, how busy is busy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> at, at that stage, if you've got that money, you can get someone else to go for you. I'm guessing 28 million is small change to him, but who is this guy? Well, because, look, I've arranged a night out and then 10 minutes later for 
don't really fancy that. And so on a much larger scale, I can imagine you think of all the best things about straight space travel before you pay the 28 million and then immediately after you hear like crash and burn by busted or something and you're <laughs> like this isn't for me i'll just watch interstellar and be happy he's got well, his that, own doesn't he yeah that might be something you would do if you were a millionaire pay to go to space <laughs> and then get struck immediately <laughs> after the money left yeah um, Maybe that's I what think, we should do for now, just take a deposit from you for a night out, and then you've even got to come or we get the money. Well, I think my worst case of that was buying tickets for Reading, and then like 10 minutes after booking a ticket, I ate camping. <laughs> I don't really know why I've done this. <laughs> Fortunately, uh, we had a willing buyer, so uh, I was all good in the clear. Um, mentioning of Busted, years later, Goff, will you admit that Who's David is their best song? Is it, though? <laughs> yeah, I think it's an upgrade. I think at one point he claimed he hadn't heard it, TK. He we definitely were, uh, did say that. Back working <laughs> together. So we're getting somewhere. Um, Under, underrated Busted song is the one where they let Dougie actually sing. Can't remember what it's called for that one. Sleeping with the Light On? I don't think it might be that. I don't know. Did they ever let Matt happens. sing? I feel like he just didn't sing the whole time. Well, uh, I think oh, you I think probably tie up. Busted, sorry. So going with my theory, TK, I would imagine he starts singing less when he gets with Emma Willis. <laughs> when he gets under the thumb, those those trousers, those intimidating trousers, he's like, look, I know my place here. This absolutely breaks me every time. The fact that you yes. had Sean, Sean got on board it after you said it. Wow, what? <laughs> Goff, do you think Emma Willis is more intimidating due to the fact she wears trousers? <laughs> what? <laughs> Honestly, it's like they've quantum leaps here from Victorian times where women just didn't wear trousers. No, <laughs> no, but there's a definite thing. Like, she used to wear them on Big Brother and they, like, gave her power to ask the tough <laughs> questions. What? <laughs> I, like, I feel like if she had a skirt on, she wouldn't be feeling that. <laughs> oh, my God. But that's a pod for another day. Um, <laughs> Lightning strikes in India kill 38 people in 24 hours, including 11 taking selfies. Jesus Christ. Oh, that's rough. I was speaking about this today, and I don't know if you, you feel the same. When we were in school, like tips to avoid lightning strikes seemed a much bigger thing. Like I remember being told like the safest places in your car because of rubber tires. Don't go stand under a tree, whatever you yeah. do. Yeah, surely you just stay inside. <laughs> I don't know why it was built up to be such a mad thing. It really was, wasn't it? It was kind of, it was kind of like stop, drop, and roll for a fire. Don't talk to the guy in the van that's offering you sweets, and don't go near thunder and lightning. Like those, <laughs> like those three were all the same risk. Why were these eleven people taking selfies in a thunderstorm? I don't understand. Do you think there's a thunderstorm in India? Do you think the millionaire guy saw this headline and thought, I can't go into space? <laughs> Thirty-six people have been killed by lightning. Thirty-eight. I can't go into space. Thirty-eight. Sorry, my mistake. Someone said to him, come on, you've got, a, you've got more chance of getting hit by lightning than getting killed in space. And he goes, whoa, I'm out, I'm out. Um, sex is no cure for COVID-19, says the health department. There's definitely some bloke in his office going, uh, you've heard about the best way to cure COVID, haven't you? Yeah, it was Hancock. That was the problem. Tip everyone a wink as he goes around the office. <laughs> no risk of me getting it, lads. The, the fact when they have to come out and confirm these things says, like, enough people believe this. They want to go, all right, we're going to have to tell them. 
Yeah, we're beyond parody at this point, aren't we? Yeah, it only gets worse news of the week from this point on as well, to be fair. Um, woke Coke, drug dealers marketing eth- ethically sourced cocaine. <laughs> How much competition is in that neighbourhood where you've got to start having extra bonus reasons for why your Coke is better than the rest? Is this gluten-free? New York-based supplier Van Leeuwen sell out of their brand-new craft mac and cheese ice cream. Oh, my God. I don't know about that. What I will say is I know we had the pizza a couple of episodes ago, didn't we, in Japan, with fish and chips and lemon, etc. on it. And that looked terrific. If I was to show you a picture of this ice cream, it looks unbelievable. Like that colour of like proper cheesy mac and cheese, that in an ice cream looks like sick good quality vanilla ice cream that you'd get in like a big tub where like your grandma or something would buy cones. Would would you try this? Because I know you're a big mac and cheese. No, nah, no. Nah. Where do you say it was? Uh, it was sold on the streets of Brooklyn and they <laughs> sold out of it. They sell it online as well. They, I think it was like $24 a tub or something. Um, I went on their website today because I wanted to see what it looked like. Um, and there's obviously that much demand. They've got like a big banner on their website, like we have sold out of our mac and cheese ice cream. Like, do not contact us. Can I introduce you in some ethically sourced Coke instead? If <laughs> <laughs> you don't want the ice cream. There we go. Uh, busy, busy week. Um, thousands flocked to see 23-month-old dwarf cow in Bangladesh. <laughs> Dwarf news is back. Are they sure it's a dwarf or is it just a, a baby cow? <laughs> it's just they a name, cow. It's named <laughs> Rami. Uh, <laughs> Brazil's Bolsonaro in hospital amid concern over chronic hiccups. That would apparently he's had it for ten days. Just he's had the hiccups for ten days. Blimey, that's it. That, that is horrible. Yeah. Oh, I thought you just died. Went it by that point. <laughs> Whoever was near you would kill you shortly. Just, just I used to get long. hiccups really easily, um, mainly when I had lemonade. Now, I don't get it so frequently now, but when I do, they seem to be proper like violent hiccups. So, kind of, it's toned down, but... You won't be Harper like, on that one. They're like room shakers when I get them. Wasn't Harper the one who uh, spews if he has hiccups? <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was. That's incredible. Um, I don't know where he is. He said he's going to be five minutes late. Good thing we uh, didn't hang around. Maybe um, I've got the hiccups. <laughs> Sorry, I was just throwing up. Uh, I swear, I haven't had the hiccups since I was about six. Lemonade is what does it for me. Cold Sprite. Even like, yeah, like drinking, eating too fast. I just, I just don't seem to get them anymore. Maybe I've built up an immunity to it. Maybe. Pro onion faction triumphs in Spain's great omelette debate. The faction of people like celebrated in the streets. What? What was? What was the faction? Pro onion faction triumphs in its great in Spain's great omelette debate. That feels like a big win. <laughs> I do like onions in an omelette occasionally. I was gonna say there's nothing wrong with a cheeky onion in that omelette. I think you gotta put a bit in there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man with flare up his bum refuses to apologize for Euro <laughs> 2020 antics. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea I that he'd be he'd be impressed and he's like I, I don't regret it. I will not say I did. <laughs> He had something like 20 pints and was like doing lines of cocaine and stuff. <laughs> going to work on Monday. Yeah, standard weekend. Speaking of Jack, um, I was, I was going to say, I've just joined. He's like, you guys talking about me? Yeah, flare up the bum. The man's refusing to apologise. 
Why don't you apologise, Jack? <laughs> <laughs> and so we shouldn't. That's an absolute <laughs> great crap. I mean, yeah, quite literally. Let's face it, no one's feeling worse than him. He doesn't have to apologise to us. <clears throat> that Monday morning was rough for all of us. How was he felt? <laughs> I do like wonder what those conversations when he goes back into work. Sorry, busy weekend. <laughs> when he's still just hovering over his office chair, he brings a cushion in with him. <laughs> it's still coming out of him. Yeah, What's this smoke in the office? What's going on? <laughs> You've gone to the toilet a couple of times today, Jeff. Yeah, I got to put this ointment <laughs> on six times a day. Uh, you've missed quite a lot, Jack. So it's worth listening back. I tell you, um, yeah, well, we still well. got quite a bit. So, a woman who was a surrogate for a couple said this was a cover-up for an affair she had with the father, and now she wants custody of the child. That is complex. Yeah, I'm just that, trying that, to get my head around this one. So the wife thought that this woman was just being a surrogate for them because she couldn't have kids. Turns out she was pregnant with the bloke's child oh, anyway. wow. And this was the cover-up. What a devious bitch. And now she wants custody of the child. Wow. This poor other woman. She's been bastard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Ford makes new fragrant called Match-O to smell like gas cars, matching this e- EAU in the... Uh, Macho spelling. So if you want to smell like gas cars, Ford have got you covered. Um, Dwayne Haskins' wife knocks out his tooth while renewing their wedding vows. Who's Dwayne Haskins? Yeah, he's an American football player. Ah, uh, right. Okay. They had a weekend in Vegas, went to renew their vows, they had an argument, and uh, yeah. Nice. She took matters into her own hands quite literally. <laughs> Probably just a. Uh... Preemptive strike with an NFL player to be fair. <laughs> Get one in early, then they can know you won. <laughs> Nicholas Cage says he knew his relationship with wife Rico Shibata could work after after discovering she keeps flying squirrels. <laughs> what? He was on to a winner. <laughs> he was on the fence till then. Like, oh my gosh, she's got squirrels. <laughs> um, Florida man tries to throw live gator onto building's roof. I've missed Florida, man. <laughs> He's thrown a kettle to. over a pub. What have you done? Well, <laughs> that's the watch real this. Quiz. That's the real quiz. Love us over here going mad about a guy to flare up his ass and they're throwing alligators on. <laughs> uh, a woman finds 18 snakes under her bed after she saw a tiny piece of fuzz move. Okay, cool. 18 snakes under your bed. Um... I'm trying to get my head around a bit of fuzz. Yeah, she saw something out of the corner of her eye and it turned out to be a snake and I looked under the bed and there was 18 snakes under the... She did that count. A good Samuel Jackson movie, this. Um, <laughs> fart vacuum device claims to reduce the stench of flatulence. No, Your birthday that? present sorted, TK. <laughs> you want to assert your dominance, that's what you do. Well, yeah, I heard that from TK the whole year of. <laughs> the cheek of this guy. The fucking cheek of him. It's not the cheek. I didn't fart the whole week. I don't think I farted in 2021. <laughs> what? That's a claim. You literally well, farted last week during the UFC. Oh, I'm going to see if I can extend it as long as my uh, unbeaten streak at rock, paper, scissors oh, and okay. air hockey. Um, pilot crashes plane four times in nine days. I feel like he should lose his license a little bit now. How did he get the fourth attempt? <laughs> this After is the like... three, how did you get... No, 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 you're not getting into it. 
This is like Chelsea repeatedly shoving Werner up front. He's going to find his groove eventually. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's going to happen. His boss is just telling people that form is temporary class of Werner. Get him back out there. <laughs> He's got to play himself back into form. <laughs> Man 18 rescued from Holy Dog on Newquay Beach after it collapsed on him. Dangerous times. See? If you don't like the beach like me, don't have to worry about these things. <laughs> Have you seen that trailer for the, for the new film about called Old by M. Night Shyamalan? I haven't known. No. So basically, um, these people go to the beach and it's going to sound like one of his films when you see it. The trailer looks good, though. Um, essentially, every 30 minutes spent on this beach, they're aging by a year and they don't know it until, obviously, the kids start getting older, the adults start becoming old, but they can't get off the beach, basically, is how the film goes. Um Another one they're selling on the premise of a great twist, which is always worrying since the village with him. But he does make a great trailer, so I'd, I'd recommend you take a look at it. Okay. Someone is uh, pregnant in the trailer, so there's definitely going to be a scene of like people piping in the sea or something. And then as they spend longer on this, she's going to become very pregnant. You can see how this film's going to go, but it looks Blimey. intriguing. They're not showing it in Gloucester yet, though, so I need to update that. Um, new freezable, <laughs> new freezable boxes designed to keep you and your Johnson cool. <laughs> Very much needed these last few days. These Johnson will just never... use Johnson now. <laughs> they know it will never fail to be hilarious. <laughs> and they, there must be rules against some things they can put in, like headlines and things. If you saw those advertised in the Sunday Sport, you'd think they were a joke. <laughs> but I don't know how it works if they start melting throughout the day. Which then they're going to do almost immediately. <laughs> you just go around, like, walk around like you, you look like you've wet yourself. <laughs> but you would be feeling very cool. <laughs> you just have to take in, like, six into the office of the day. Like, <laughs> right. you got a freezer here. Now, they would be great for the guy who had a flare. He probably needs a the lot The relief of for those freezeable boxes, he'd be loving it the next day. Uh, finally for this week... Teenager with rare tumour has 82 teeth removed from jaw in three-hour operation. Oof. 82? Is it a yeah. shark? <laughs> it's grim as well. He looks like um, it's like he's got like an abscess like under his chin, basically like, but it's just full of teeth. He's God. odd. Yeah, it looks freakish. No offence. Anyway, plenty to get into this week. We do have the Olympics... Alex skipping the week where we could maybe have done with uh, some of his expertise. So uh, we'll be giving the triathlon the coverage it deserves today. Much of it. Um, <laughs> we'll go for our excitement levels, the events we are and aren't looking forward to. Um, I do have a separate topic, which we'll get into to do with the Olympics. So I have a little think. Uh, events that sound more exciting than they are. Um, we'll get to that. A sport maybe we'll try watching for the mm. first time, and I've got our best medal hopes if you're going to be uh, watching much of the Olympics. Then we got the transfer rumour update, and then a little bit on uh, drugs cheats. So it really is a shame Alex isn't here. <laughs> the Olympics then. Goff, we'll go to you first if you can fill us with some positivity. Are you looking forward to watching the Olympics? Um, yes, I'm going to say. I think it's it's good just to to whack on when you get home from work, isn't it? That didn't sound as positive as I was hoping. <laughs> I know, I realised it wasn't sounding as positive. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's one of those things where 
you can whack on what I like about it is you can whack it on it can be any sport which you wouldn't necessarily give a shit about in normal circumstances you're like oh this handball looks decent and then you're oh. sort of properly like immersed in this sport and I think it's quite refreshing that you could just watch it as like a kind of like a, a novice fan without any knowledge of anything in particular and just yeah just enjoy it for what it is you're a man after my heart there Jack how are you feeling about the Olympics two weeks of it it's kind of the same sentiment that I'll stick it on when I get in from work when I'm finished off my admin or something but I'm the problem is is that like the 100 meter sprints and all the stuff that you look forward to is so heavily focused around crowd I know that we've had it with football this year but there's other things to concentrate on it, now it's just people running the straight line for nine seconds the fact it's in uh, China, I don't know how... In Japan. Japan no, I had a split second where I thought, get this one right. Um, no, it's not. But um, I don't know how the times are going to add up to, in terms of if it will start kind of just as you get in from work and then go through the night. Mm. I haven't seen the TV schedule. I've got a week off for the second week. So uh, Is it? Is it completely without fans, isn't it, this time? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're in a um, like national state of emergency over there. Alas, I said that. Excellent. But, um, so that's why like, there's no fans. They're essentially tracking all these people in the Olympic Village. They had the controversy this week where they tried putting the beds out that had a cardboard base. So if the Olympians were getting frisky, then they were going to break their bed and they could go, right, which one of you has been up to it? And they could uh, get rid. But The anti-sex beds, I saw they were called. Cool. Yeah. I was thinking maybe I must have purchased one of those. <laughs> <laughs> they've gone back to normal beds I, I was thinking that you just put the mattress on the floor wouldn't you like, it doesn't take a genius to work out that the most flexible and athletic people in the world are going to be meeting one place and they're going to be stumped by a cardboard bed yeah <laughs> <laughs> I am curious just how much shagging normally goes on because it's like if you listen to people it's like I don't know they've got like a bunch of like dogs together and it's going right or go for it um, but have you ever been well I don't know you all have but going to the cinema with Alex where like a fight scene comes on and he gets that look in his eye um, <laughs> where's this going because he he was <laughs> what the did one he do that, to you <laughs> yeah, he was the one that told me about kind of how much goes on in the Olympic village but you know, when he gets like uh, like enthusiastic where he's like no trust me like all the time like he had that look in his eye where I was like right I'm surprised they get any sport done like he means it this much um, it makes sense though, I guess, because you've got some of the fittest, best-looking people in the world. None of them are fat. Like there's some pigs as well, aren't there? Yeah, and they're all cooped up. And it's kind of like, well, what else is there? Jack, Women so, are just yeah, looking to get some testosterone, yeah. <laughs> get a bit of advantage. I want to see if uh, Hubbard from New Zealand, the weightlifter, see if uh, they get any. <laughs> TK, how are you feeling at the Olympics? <laughs> Uh, I'll be honest, off the back of a Euros, I think it's a tough one. It's, I saw the advert for it right at the end of the Euros, and I think I opened just shouted fuck off at the TV. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. Should, should we just bomb this topic? I'll talk about it on my own after you all gone. <laughs> no, I will, get, I will get into it for sure, but it was just a bit of a day after the Lord Mayor show sort of feel about it, I think. I, I can't wait. Would you have shouted on the TV if, if we'd have won, though? That's the thing. Was it 
your mood. No, was, yeah, it's true. It was entirely bitterness. Anytime there's sport on, I'm happy. And something like this, the amount of variety, the fact that it is kind of wall to wall. As I said, have holiday left to take it work. So I've got the second week of the Olympics off. Um, I'll have a nice lie in if I can in this heat. Wake up, watch the Olympics. Maybe some takeaways, might treat myself. Um, Maybe. And go right the way through. But if we go now into the events that you are most looking forward to, um, I mean, I can start off here because by the sounds of it, none of you are really looking forward to much of it. <laughs> um, Goff mentioned earlier, handball. This is the event I'm looking forward to more than any. I bloody love me some handball at the Olympics. Ever since watching it two Olympics ago, I think uh, I was working at, I've been at the co-op at the time, maybe. I know I was on some odd shifts while I was home in the day, basically. Watched one game, absolutely reeled in to the point where I bought it on PlayStation. Won't recommend that to <laughs> wow. anyone. It's well hard. I'll play on amateur and I was just getting smoked. Could barely get it on target. But seeing these massive Germans just going nuts, it's great TV. Basketball, uh, it's basically maybe not so much this year, to, to be fair. Like having an all-star team that actually is playing competitively, um, although the team USA is not quite the same this year. Uh, that kind of adds to it as well, though, doesn't it? The fact that they're yeah. struggling a bit kind of does add a bit more interest. Why are they struggling? Uh, they just lost to Nigeria. Yeah, and um, they lost to someone after that as well. Australia, wasn't it? Yeah, who actually aren't bad. Is LeBron and all that in it? Or no, no. A lot of the older ones are like I don't because they just had the the kind of most hectic season they've ever had in terms of games being crammed in and just the season going right the way through where they started late. So a lot of them are kind of saying, yeah, we'd rather wait out. And they have a lot of like Durant and Lillard though. So it's, yeah, yeah, you know, some names that should clean up still. Do they have like squad rules as well, like the football does at all? Um, so actually. The, the rules they play are probably more pleasing to the casual fan. Well, probably to most fans. In For anyone that's watched basketball recently, some of the fouls they call, you, you'd think they're, they're not allowed any contact at all. and You kind of get people chucking the ball up in the air and forcing contact and fouls are called. They're a lot more straight down the line with the international rules in that you really do have to be fouled to get a call. And so... I think they're struggling a bit in that regard, and it just kind of it's making it more competitive. I think the most they've won by is about six points throughout their friendly games, and they lost two and have now won three. I think so. They should be entertaining to watch, and they'll just be on at a more pleasing time as well. Your favourite TK beach volleyball? You pig. You got the boxing as well. Um, football. Shame that kind of Great Britain don't put a team in, but. Uh, there's that skateboarding you've got at the Olympics for the first time this year. Table tennis, always fun to watch. Well, why don't we put a team in? I've just, it's the one thing that we could There do. was something, I was trying to read up on it today, and it didn't make loads of sense, where way back in 2012, there was a thought that it might affect the international status of us when we then go in to do kind of a World Cup and Euro qualifiers and things. And so that's why in 2012, it was only a mix of English and Welsh players, if you remember. And so when it came to 2016, 
I think only England were willing to put a team in, and so they just didn't bother. And then this time around, effectively, they all said in advance, yeah, we just won't worry about it. Just let everyone else have their fun. That's mad. It's something to do with how you're classified going forward. But as FIFA and UEFA are, it doesn't make much sense. Just send the um, Panorama a mixture of them. That'd be hilarious. Well, there was a story on The Athletic um, earlier in the year about the Beach Soccer World Cup and how it's taken seriously by a lot of other countries, but not really us. And so they rounded up kind of a load of the kind of notorious kind of street ball players at the time and a couple of kind of has-beens that were playing in the lower leagues. And they sent them across and they went to the finals. But just kind of how weird it was and how England were the only people that didn't really take it seriously going in. So I think I, we, we probably are seen as a bit snobbish by a lot of the other countries. I used to love beach football. Yeah, on Eurosport in the mornings. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> just overhead kicks galore. <laughs> exactly. And But they got to the final and they played Brazil and they got smashed in the end. But they say that they were kind of being like lauded as heroes because they were like the uh, average Joes in dodgeball where the crowd kind of warmed to them as they went on. And then in the end, they were kind of cheering for them. It's a I've got story this, to read. got this great image of like a random guy called Big Pete, just like an absolute trail buster of a run and just heads it straight to the top. Corner. We make it route one. Yeah. We're the only well, people in the story to kind of done right and lump it up to him. <laughs> So it's definitely worth having a look at. I think there's footage of it on YouTube as well. Um, I don't know if you can hear my neighbours kicking up a right fuss. Um, anyone else got any events in particular that they're looking forward to? Um, I do always like, I guess, the tennis. Because you get all the yep. same. It's probably the most polished one, I guess. And you've just had Wimbledon as well, always. So gone from like that rivalry to then seeing them play for their country the same people a couple of them have pulled out of uh, they're, they're dropping like flies at the moment aren't they for the tennis yeah Kyrgios pulled out I I'm, know glad that. You, I'm glad you mentioned table tennis because that is a one of those things where you, you flick it on and then you can't you find yourself I've not turned away from this I keep watching yeah. <laughs> like you said handball is always great as well I kind of always watch from the athletics point of view, I love watching a relay race, but I feel like I'm probably not watching for the right reasons. <laughs> I'm like people who watch F1 just to see a crash. I'm watching yeah. to hope someone drops the baton. I remember um, working at um, the place three of us work, the rhymes with Wapita, and uh, needing something to try and pass the day. And so putting on a uh, table tennis accumulator on my way to work, um, backing, up, backing all the Chinese names, uh, and I thought, this can't lose. Didn't win, but uh, I did enjoy watching it throughout the day. I do remember that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know it was on the Olympics. I thought you were literally putting a bet on some. Sort no, yeah, of... it wasn't on the Olympics. It was just oh. like general. But I mean, I, I do like watching table tennis when it's on. They have it on Sky sometimes, uh, where they almost use like the halls they use for a snooker, and you've got like a massive empty room with a table tennis table in the middle of it. I usually enjoy the swimming as well, but going back to touching on what Jack said as well is without the crowd, I think it's just going to be weird. It's just the noise, like it's, you'll just hear people splashing and breathing heavily, surely. That's about it. Well, if they're doing their job right, they won't be breathing heavily. <laughs> True. Is it easier then to to the events that kind of don't do much for us? Have, have any of you watched 
skateboarding before and it's been on TV. I, I like watching the X Games sometimes, and I'm looking forward to seeing that in the Olympics. Pretty I can't got Tony Hawk there. Yeah, it's gonna be weird seeing that in the Olympics. But I did see a video um, yesterday of some 12 year old doing like, yeah. wasn't it the first 1080 or something in front of Tony Hawk? Yeah. Which is you, mad. You, you say that um, about it being strange being in the Olympics. Some of the other sports that are in there, I mean, I've written down the events that really do nothing for me. Archery, artistic gymnastics, artistic swimming, equestrian, yeah. rhythmic gymnastics, like skateboarding. It, it, they can be in then, then so can skateboarding. Yeah, I think once you put BMX in, it seems almost a natural thing for skateboarding to be in there. Yeah. And it's good, good fun to watch as well. Like you said, artistic gymnastics. I'm going to seem ignorant here, I know, but I just well over my head. Honestly, you watch yeah. it, throwing that ribbon around or whatever. You know, I don't know what's going on. Are they into sport climbing as well, whatever the hell that is? <laughs> Do you think when they're dishing out um, kind of where you're staying in the Olympic Village, there's people looking at their next to the artistic gymnastics and I'm pumped up? Oh, oh shit, what? we got the hammer throwers for fuck's sake. <laughs> Lad, you said there'd be loads of it here. <laughs> I've written down events that sound more exciting than they are and perhaps the upgrades as to what they should be like. A few few uh, apply more here than fencing. Triathlon? Yeah, that definitely. Fair play to uh, Alex's girlfriend and his parents standing around for the five hours while he does that. Because you can't see him for half of it, surely. At least they got to see him win this time as well. It must be even tougher watching him lose. Well, he's not been on the pod since. He's big time Charlie. He's forgotten about us. <laughs> um, yeah, fencing. If fencing was like them having a sword fight like someone out of Pirates of the Caribbean film, Lord of the Rings, that kind of thing, that'd be well good. Instead, it's then two-stepping around with the odd little jab in. It's not as funny as the kind of description dictates what it is. You think that, oh, this is going to be class. You turn it on, it's just a bit dull, really. Well, even in like an action film when they're kind of teaching you to use a sword and they're doing the fencing, it's a lot more dramatic there. You have a lot of rallies going on. This. Get it going like in Die Another Day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Madonna. I'm saying this. I think there are a lot of people that can be disappointed when they flip on wrestling and the gold medal match isn't in a steel cage. <laughs> Outside of America, it doesn't do a lot, does it? That would make it a lot more watchable, to be fair. It would. It's massive in, like, Georgia and yeah. the Soviet states, Kazakhstan and stuff like that, isn't it? That's turn, that, turn that on after work and you hear Stone Cold glass. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's why a load of them, essentially, if they can take a punch after this, then they'll go into the UFC, a couple of them, I'm sure. Like Daniel Cormier had an Olympic wrestling background. Um, ben Askren, different levels of success, I suppose. But <laughs> the most famous, who I don't think qualified this time around, which is hard to believe, is uh, Jordan Burroughs, who you may have heard the name TK. Joe Rogan references him a lot. Um yeah, I watched his and Askren's uh, yeah. his exhibition or whatever. Yeah, beat him something up. in the streets, wasn't it? But mm-hmm. basically, um, when he saw it happen to Askren, he was like, he'd been teetering with the idea before, and he was like, you know what, I'm all right. <laughs> like, I get, I've got my endorsements there. I don't need to do that. Um, yeah, I'm sure he's not short on a few quid. No. Shooting as well. He's not going, though, if that's the case. Yeah. 
consider he's known as the guy. So he, he lost the qualifier to uh, the, one of the other guys who... Uh, crazy. Really better than him now. I do think Shoot this is obviously a bit of a stretch. Yeah. I feel like uh, the Olympics now is kind of struggling with a lack of star power when you consider once upon a time you were tuning yeah. in for Bolt, Phelps, whatever. I do feel like they're maybe missing a bit of that. Yeah, for sure. But that's what they hope they make new stars. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But shooting, if this was like a big game of paintball, even if it was just one-on-one, like when you do <laughs> split screen on Call of Duty, and you really had to kind of test your shooting rather than kind of long range. Or even if you had like a sniper and you were going for a range like the start of American Sniper. That'd be much more entertaining. Archery. If you have to shoot an apple off your teammate's head, <laughs> I'd tune in. You hitting a bullseye from 50 metres, not quite the same. <laughs> so, uh, they're the ones that sound more exciting than they are, at least in my book. I don't, do you know how many stars have gone from ice hockey, TK? Sorry? Do you know if any of the major stars from ice hockey have gone to the Olympics? Well, do they do this during this one? Because they just do like normal hockey and then this is going to sound stupid, the ice hockey in the Winter yeah. Olympics, or am I just going mad? I just assume they do field, yeah. field hockey for this, which no, no one cares yeah, about, with all due respect. I thought I saw it on a list, but maybe I did just see uh, hockey. Oof. Female USA gymnast has tested positive for COVID. She was one of their big hopes as well. No, no, no. Sport. I'll find that out later. Um, what else did I have down? All right. Um, is there a sport that any of you think you may try to get into for the first time here? So <laughs> something that you may then look for next time the Olympics come round, or if you're flicking past Eurosport. The one I've noted down here is water polo. When I used to do swimming lessons, they'd always make out that this is like the most brutal game that you could ever play. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I'm interested to see if it really is quite like that at this Olympics. That would just be the fun part. The swimming at school when they when you're primary school. All right, let's get the lessons out of the way. Let's play this water football, but with your hand. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to giving that a go. Anyone else got anything that they'll give a shot to? Handball would be fun again, bringing it up, but looks fun. Yeah. Looks like a fun game. I actually think I probably will try and watch skateboarding. You know. <laughs> yeah. It'd be pretty tragic if I went down the local skateboarding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at up, least. <laughs> hey, fellow kids. <laughs> I'm amazed sometimes at some of the people that think they may be able to be good at skateboarding. Like, all I need to see is a board on the floor with the four wheels, and I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do that. I knew that when I was 10. I know that now I'm 27. Yeah, that's the level of arrogance I aspire to. That. <laughs> like, there are some people that will genuinely now put this on and uh, give it a go afterwards. People do the same thing with surf. People think, yeah, yeah, I'll be sound. Yeah. There is nothing about this to make you, you're just jumping straight on that thing. Point break makes it look so easy. It, it really does send it to you, doesn't it? <laughs> and solving crime. If I could do those two things alongside <laughs> each other. That'd be great. I don't think I'd look like uh, Swayze either. Maybe now. Oh, that was dark. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you can't offend him. But myself, <laughs> consider yourself that. offended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On, I was it's not even these. the worst thing that's been said on this pod this month. I was through uh, some of our best medal hopes. Maybe they are something that you look out for. Uh, Adam Peaty may be the most standout name that uh, mm. you'd have heard on this list. 
100 meter breaststroke, he's going for a new world record rather than just hoping for the gold medal. Um, he already has set the 20 fastest times in history in the event. So he'll be hoping to uh, do that again. That's mental. Yeah, when I was reading today, they did quite literally say, like, the other people in the event are talking about who's going to get the silver medal and whether he can beat the world record. Um, Trying to give him COVID. <laughs> uh, Sinead McIntosh, if you were going to watch shooting, uh, she's a Edinburgh Edinburgh-based shooter, which is a quite a cool tag to have. Headed to Tokyo as the reigning world number one and the 50-meter prone world champion. Strong medal bet in the women's three times 50 rifle event. Um, she won Britain's first World Cup gold in 2019. Dina Asher Smith, already the fastest British woman in history. Uh, she's got some uh, stern competition as there's also the fastest woman in American history and the fastest woman in Jamaican history that she'll be up against. So we'll uh, see how the 100 metre goes there. Pat McCormack is deemed to be the uh, standout for Britain in the boxing. Um, he's a clear favourite for the welterweight boxing gold. Jason and Laura Kenny uh, are both hoping to extend their records in the cycling uh, Jason needs one more medal to level Bradley Wiggins and his wife needs one more to level Dame Catherine Granger. Max Whitlock, artistic, artistic gymnastics. He won two gold medals in Rio and is hoping to do the same again. Something I think Goff referred to earlier, Sky Brown, who turns 13 this month, will become Britain's youngest ever summer Olympian where she competes in the skateboard park competition. Uh, she qualified in third place and also claimed a world championship bronze in 2019. That could be interesting. Helen Glover is returning to try and win gold in the rowing. She won consecutive medals in 2012, retired to start a family and has come back with a new partner. And then finally, Jade Jones, who was a teenager when she won her first Olympic gold in taekwondo, uh, followed that up after London in Rio and is now hoping at as she's now 28, current world champion, to uh, do the same again and make it three consecutive Olympic titles. So they're deemed the standout for Britain when it comes to uh, winning a medal. There's the Olympics for you. Alex is desperate to talk about it next week. Not desperate enough to uh, come on the pod, but that's another story. So we may get into if you bump it next into week if things have gone to plan. Transfer rumours then, an update on everything that has gone on so far. Uh, if I kind of work through alphabetically and just have the headlines come to Arsenal, we referenced this previously. Ben White is now a done deal, £50 million just awaiting the confirmation. His medical is due to take place next week. Goth, what's your uh, take? Good signing, bad signing, too expensive, not expensive enough? Well, he's English, isn't he? So you've added yeah. £20 million on straight away. Um I said this last week, I actually do rate him. And then I think a club like Arsenal will be a chance to step up and show what he can do. It's one of those signings which can go either way, really, can't it? You can't really do too much worse than the current defenders you have anyway. So, yeah, I think it's about right. He's, he's quite young as well, isn't he? So Yeah, that 23, I think. If it, if it goes well for you, his value is obviously only going to rise, isn't it? So. Yeah. 
he's on holiday with Calvin Phillips at the moment. So if he can put a good word in there, then that could solve our midfield issues too. Um, Nuno Tavares made his debut, a new signing from Benfica, back at left back, scored a peach against uh, Rangers. So uh, maybe we've got another gem, or maybe defensively it's going to be his issue. We'll soon find out. The big one that seems to be going on, and that seems to be uh, Locatelli. Apparently, Arsenal have had a bid accepted by Sassuolo, but they're continuing to negotiate with Juventus. Something I wanted to point out here, because I've seen a lot of Arsenal fans saying, like, but if, he, if we're not his number one choice, then why should you stick around and carry on going for him? The main man, Fabrizio, has come out and said that he hasn't rejected Arsenal. They're just not his number one choice. Um, this, Juventus, you're not in a position uh, to be going, I've got to be your number one. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're an Italian, then Juventus seems to be like, if you can go there, you go there. If not, then you see what else is on the table. <laughs> it's a yeah. case of like, if there's strawberry and vanilla ice cream on the table, I, I, I prefer vanilla. But if the vanilla's not there, I'll have the strawberry. And maybe we could be a strawberry. She might want to get with the fitter. She, she might want to get with the fitter guy. But look, if he knocks her back, there's nothing wrong exactly. with you being there. That's fine. And then he can go to uh, Juventus in a couple of years, three times the value. We'll see where we go from there. But just any midfielder would be nice. Or on a cheap because he won't sign a new contract if we're going to go fully, uh, fully Arsenal. Well, let's not go there. But uh, <laughs> Roma still aren't paying up for Xhaka, which. Every year, these Italian clubs piss me off. When <laughs> they act like they've got about three quid to spend, and you should just buckle. And they try their dirty tricks, like try to make the player force his way out. Roma have got one of the richest owners in football. If you want the player, pay the damn money. How, how much depressing must it be to be an Italian fan? Because your basically your transfer summer saga is Granit Xhaka. Hey, if we were You're dragging club, your heels, we'd be pumping his value up after his performances at the Euros. That's how these things well, usually work. That should have seen it over the line, shouldn't it? <laughs> Even I was not. thinking, you know what? I'll cough up for it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Think about it, Tom. Don't, don't go off one game. Well, they managed to get Rue Patricio for 10 million, and then they're trying to get Jacket for the same price. We're only asking for 20 million, and <laughs> not even all of it up front. Yeah, that doesn't seem unreasonable, to be fair. Oh, I don't want him there next season. Um, <laughs> uh, breaking news we had today, or whether you consider it to be much of a story or not, Jordan Henderson's contract talks have stalled with Liverpool. Um, essentially, uh, they say Jordan Henderson's contract is the least of their worries at the moment. Um, and But they're also keen not to have another uh, Wijnaldum incident and have them go on a free. So they say there are clubs kind of waiting to pounce this summer if Liverpool give them any indication that they'll listen to offers. The two clubs they listed were uh, Atletico Madrid. They say that uh, Henderson is actually still very good friends with Suarez. They keep in touch all the time. And they think that him and Simeone would be a good match, which I do agree. And then the other one apparently is PSG, is if they need any more midfielders. Um, <laughs> apparently Pochettino's long had an interest in Henderson and thinks he, he, he could help with some uh, leadership qualities. Fair. That Aleti move would be cool if, if you're not a Liverpool fan. <laughs> yeah, agreed. I think that's a good that's a good match, isn't it? Pretty laughable from Liverpool again. We don't want the same as the Wijnaldum situation, but we're doing exactly the same as we did with the Wijnaldum situation. 
Well, so as part of the article, they were talking about um, Gerard's contract situation and where they say the kind of talks during you his contract, his agent was in there for 15 minutes before they realised that this isn't going to happen. They offered him all the, like a 40% pay cut and an extra year and, and amazingly turned it down. <laughs> I guess Henderson, from all of what he said and from what all the kind of murmurings are, he believes himself to be a player that can play well beyond 30 years old. He thinks he can do that mm. at a top level and you'd imagine that he won't be prepared to hang around even though he said before he'd like to finish his career at Liverpool. If he gets an offer like Atletico and he knows that Liverpool don't want him as much as he wants them, you'd think he wouldn't hesitate. Yeah, it's a weird one. Before that rumour sprouted, I wouldn't have even considered it, to be honest. No. So, it's, But it's, that's the case of the club could create a situation where the player wants to go rather than him necessarily wanting to leave, I think. Which, as you pointed out, we've got a history of. The same uh, article, so they say, and this won't be good news for Liverpool fans, um, Liverpool see 2022 as the summer for investment and will only react to replace existing squad members this summer. They believe that the effects of uh, COVID will be over by then and the market should return to normal. Interesting theory. Basically, I wouldn't get your hopes up by the seams of it for Saul or a big midfield or striker signing. No, I can't say I had done, to be fair. So you were linked with Dakar earlier in the window and we kind of thought maybe you are going to get an out-and-out striker. And then if Firmino isn't cutting it, then you've got that to switch in. But maybe he thinks if you've got everyone fit, I don't know if Jürgen's in his office going, it can't possibly be that bad with injuries again. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I did think the likes of uh, like Marlon and even that, uh, that docu for Belgium, yeah. I thought they would probably fit the profile for what we would go for this summer. Yeah. And so, especially when you think people don't seem to be looking at the fact that the African Cup of Nations is going to be mid-season next year. So well, a month a month or so without Salah Romano wouldn't be great fun for this squad. So is that, fans that are I was just going to say, is that African, AFCON this season? I think it's back yeah, in January. January. Rather than yeah. the, they moved it to summer for that one year, didn't they? Yeah. I think it's back in January again now. Arsenal fans are obsessed with Bissouma. Like he's the only midfielder on the market. Like there's there's genuine Arsenal fans that are like, we'd rather have Bissouma than Locatelli, which makes no sense. He's not a bad player, Bissouma. I mean, he'd improve us, but you two, you don't want to lose your main two central midfielders, the African Cup of Nations. It makes no, no sense. No, that's, to that's a problem. That way. Um, and even our backup, because uh, Arneni will be there as well. It could be a starter the way things are going, actually. Um, elsewhere then so Chelsea are in the headlines again uh, Mark Guehi if I've pronounced that right has gone to Palace uh, Tamori has gone to Milan Giroud has gone to Milan but if we kind of put that one to the side for a minute there are murmurings I've seen a couple of articles saying that young players at Chelsea don't believe there to be a clear avenue to first team football like perhaps there can be at other clubs um, Guehi you would think has done enough to at least justify a chance whether Chelsea needs to sit down with him and say, look, you'll be part of the squad this year, then we look to have you as a regular next year, something like that. And he was championship player of the season, was he not um, in the defen- defensive uh, team of the season or whatever it is? Um, did all he could and then he's come back and you've got a good fee for him, but you wonder what noise is that sending to the rest of the young players? Yeah, I mean, it's a strange one, I look at it, because I look at 
our defence, and you've got as Perquetti who's like 33, you've got Thiago Silva who will be 36 by the next summer, yeah. by next season. And you just think that we're in a time now where we need our young defenders. I just can't believe. I'm sure there was, but surely you would just say, right, take a loan this season, get Premier League experience, and then next season you'll be in the first team squads fighting for that place. Because I can't see Silva staying, and I can't see well, Aspicot will, but I can't say him. Like, um, sort of he's not the quickest anymore, as it is, is he? No, he's not. I can't see him featuring that much either. So. He could go full of Ivanovic. Yeah. From what you read, those two were like your main two kind of defensive prospects, particularly uh, where he and we had all the noise around Tamori until there wasn't, and then it kind of just went like radio silent. Um, where he won strange, you know, you have got fifteen to twenty million for him, which is big, especially from Palace. So maybe you just thought it was too good to turn down, but you yeah. assume the amount you'd spend. When you look at, say, what Ben White has cost, when you look at buying another centre back, it's going to that's cost what, you a lot more. That's what I look for, I look at. And I think, unless we're literally pinning all of our hopes on Trevor Shalaba, like, there's no one else coming through that I would think is going to take that spot. And it may not be this season, but next season it could be quite a problem position for us and especially if we carry on playing with three at the back which I think you might you're going to need that rotation so I I follow some Chelsea fans and they were saying something that's worrying to them is what looked like it was going to be a trend with the likes of Mount and James etc coming into the side the indication you get when you see these types of players leaving is that it's a rarity then and you're kind of back to where you were I don't think fans are asking for you to have an entire squad of academy players. But when you look at, say, Saka and Mel Smith over Arsenal, you look at Liverpool and you've got Curtis Jones and Trent there. You look at United, you've got Greenwood and Rashford. You only want a couple just to at least have the chance and then you can get an Iwobi or you can get a Saka. Like, you can go either way and if it goes wrong, if they're young, you've still got the resale value there. So it, yeah. it seems strange to not give them a chance. Yeah, I, I get it too. But I also think that players will come into this as well. Like it's not just the club kind of thinking, oh, we want to get rid of like Oh, players, for sure. Gray's obviously thought that I'm better than alone or better than sitting on the bench. What I don't understand, though, if he backs himself that much, is that why would you not take a loan and then try and get into a, a very competitive Chelsea eleven? Why would you shackle yourself to, to Crystal Palace, essentially? He may have asked those questions and it be he didn't get the answer he was looking for in terms of whether he had a chance to be around the first team squad. Right. I mean, I look at it and I think we are desperate now for a right wing back for some reason because yeah. playing the way that we do. And then like that Tarek Lamptey transfer looks even more ridiculous now. Yeah. Um, Youngsters at Chelsea look at that as well. Well, I think that, I mean, Reese James has just come through at right wing back and he looks pretty much irreplaceable for Chelsea. But at the time that we sold Lamptey under Lampard, we had or Reese James, who's club captain, playing right back, or the new big thing, playing right back. And now we've switched to three at the back and Aspilicueta playing in the centre. Like, we've now left ourselves wide open. It's either Hudson and Doy or Reese James. And I just, it's an odd situation, I guess, one formation change can do, but I'd much rather 
go into next season uh, and then lose Thiago Silva due to his age, bring in Guehi and then have Tarek Lamptey still, I just find that is a bit short-sighted. More so for the Lamptey situation just because of how low the fee was. But I guess if someone puts 20 mil on the table, you've just got 130 mil prize money for winning the Champions League and you get 100 mil TV rights. And you're chasing probably the most expensive player ever. Um, I guess it all just adds to the transfer fund potentially. I don't. Maybe that's what it. Who knows? I guess. I guess uh, we'll wait and see. I don't know if it would have helped the wage that Hudson is always on, and it seems like we're just dunking on him constantly. And it is because he's garbage. But <laughs> he's on reportedly like near two hundred grand a week. <laughs> because essentially think... you were you were that shook that he was going to go to Bayern. I think like we didn't want to be stuck with a Kevin De Bruyne scenario where we sell exactly, exactly. one of the world best, world's best, and to buy if he does fulfil his potential to buy a right winger will cost a lot more than just to keep Hudson Odoi. I also think that we don't want to be seen as we'll bring them through and then the best talent then gets sold immediately. I think that yeah maybe it was a statement from the board to say that no no. Like we'll sell the players that we want to, but if there's someone that really comes through that we believe in, we'll keep them. Now, to say he's garbage, I mean, he is better than you give him credit for. He just doesn't have the consistent run in the team because the competition for places, especially in the right wing position at Chelsea, is just ridiculous. Probably but he's scared of competition. He's just been shook about competing with Greenwood and Saka in England and fled to yeah. Ghana. Well, he is Ghanaian from descent and he's gone home essentially to experience he, wasn't, he, he didn't turn the England cap when it came at first did he well, he, he hasn't switched international allegiances yet he's, he just, he's just gone on holiday he hasn't yet I don't think he's, he's actually just, confirmed yet I saw it uh, I saw it confirmed I swear the uh, what's his not, name not confirmed yet no he's you're thinking of maybe I thought it was confirmed on Sunday Aaron, Aaron Pasaka, maybe no no he's Congo no, I think an article came out after the one you saw, Luke, where he said it's not actually confirmed, I think. Could be wrong, though. We'll run with the narrative regardless. You should. <laughs> Even if he's looking to, it speaks volumes, doesn't it? It wouldn't, it wouldn't make any sense, because he's only 20 years old. and like, Give it another four years, could be right in contention, potentially, if 24 years old coming into his prime. I think it all, it all comes down to where he feels is his home more. And I probably but, it might be England, because he's grown up here, so... The point before I took a easy cheap shot was um, <laughs> that do you think paying him that money then when these other young players come through like Saka was down to the last year of his contract we convinced him to stay he's on around fifty grand a year like you didn't have to pay Hudson Odoi that much and is it affecting now when the likes of where he come through and they're saying well, I think I'm a good young player too if you want to keep me I'm not asking for two hundred and fifty grand but maybe he's asking for all right well I have a hundred grand then yeah. I mean, if I sit here and tell you that if someone who had the same path as me being paid or being offered like 15 times more than me, I am going to be happy. But I also, <laughs> I also then question that if you go on loan and impress, even if you went on loan to Palace and then came back, like that would make more sense than selling him. I, the only thing that I can think of is either we bought a lot of players last season, so we need to find a way of hitting our FFP and bringing these. They just see FFP's been abandoned. It's basically a free 20 million essentially because he came through our youth 
team. So, I but that's such a short-sighted view. So you, I can see why Chelsea fans and myself are worried that you look at Mount and you look at Reese James and Billy, Billy Gilmore. I just hope that doesn't happen to Billy Gilmore. I did shake you when I told you there was an obligation to buy from Norwich. Because no, I'd known that <laughs> saying that, and it shook me to my very core. I think Palace have basically gone for a manager and done based in South London. And if you're born there, <laughs> essentially they're slapping you up. So hopefully Eddie and Ketty is next. Um, they brought in uh, Michael Olise as well. Um, so they're, they're doing some nice business uh, this summer, giving uh, Vieira some money to spend. Uh, Christopher Ayer from Celtic is all set to sign for Brentford. Told Celtic last summer that he felt now was the time to take a step up in his career. He'd gone to Brentford. Surely this has got to shut up some of these Celtic fans now that when Tierney moved, they were saying, why is he moving to a smaller league? When Brendan moved, they were saying, Leicester isn't a step up from Celtic. One of your main men has just left you to go to a newly promoted Brentford side. (laughs) It's not a good look. Tough one to take that one. Yeah. Um, Everton, if there's one thing that uh, Liverpool fans perhaps did criticise Rafa for, it was his transfer business and... uh, his first three signings at Everton look set to be Asmir Begovic, Jandros Townsend and Damari Gray. As I've mentioned before, I do work with an Everton fan. I, I said to him this morning, I don't know if you've seen any transfer news, yet. I just don't. Don't want to talk about it. <laughs> he hates Rafa and uh, he thinks that Rafa's trying to ruin the club on purpose. <laughs> they are, however, seemingly bringing in Denzel Dumfries from uh, PSV for £14 million his release clause. That looks a good signing, particularly when there's a lot of clubs out there looking for a right back. Yeah, I think, like, I think I saw you tweet that, that even if he doesn't turn out to be that good, 14 million for even like yeah. an okay right back is, is good money now, isn't it? I feel like I'm those sure. first three signings you named was kind of like when the uh, when Gloucester Keys first got made and his, they called it a designer <laughs> outlet. And one, one of the first shops down there was the works, and you were like, hang on a minute. <laughs> we said, they thought they were getting Armani and they got the works. I was only thinking the other day about the first I'm going down there. I'm very disappointed. Is that when um, the flagship was like next or something? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Junior Furpo was signed for Leeds. We mentioned that last week. It's come out since that one of the deciding factors was that while all the other interested clubs wanted a Zoom meeting, Michael Orta went across to Spain in quarantine so he could meet uh, Junior in person, which apparently did win him over and showed him how committed they were. So... Uh, if your director of football is not that busy, I guess uh, that's what you can do. Yeah. Leicester have signed Pats and Dak of a 23 million Sumara for 17 Bertrand for free. That went through this week. We've mentioned them before. Um, Arsenal accept to loan Joe Willett back to Newcastle on a season-long loan again. TK, if you're in charge of Arsenal, if you're a TK Arteta, <laughs> surely a loan is, is, is the last thing you do here. Yeah, you're either incorporating him into the squad or selling him, aren't you, at this stage? Are we not at that probably stage? Never be <laughs> no, no. I think from his point of view, it's probably great because I yeah. think it suits him playing at Newcastle. You can have another good season and then you can probably sort of write your own ticket at the end of the season. But uh, weird one from Arsenal's point of view. Apparently, you want to sign into a new deal first, which is something. But I saw some stats and you always have to take them with a pinch of salt, but Almost everything in terms of like his touches, his touches of the ball, his shots, his shots on target, his XG, and all of these things are basically equivalent to what he was doing to Arsenal in the same per ninety, which does add in to show that 
he was just on a freak run of form. I think he had like four of his six shots on target found the back of the net. So I do worry for him with a packed stadium of Newcastle fans next season if uh, he gets off to a rough start. Yeah, I uh, certainly agree. Watford have gone out. They're uh, perhaps going the Fulham approach from a couple of seasons back where you sign anyone and everyone. Uh, Danny Rose is coming on a free transfer. Ashley Fletcher from Borough is coming on a free transfer. Um, Emmanuel Dennis they brought in from Bruges for undisclosed fee. And Josh King has come in on a free transfer. So it looks, it looks like they're going for it in wages, probably in more than transfer fees, but they're at least giving it a crack. Did they bring in Ashley Young in the end? Yeah. Yeah. He won't be short on a wage either, I'm sure. No, sorry, Ashley Young went to Villa. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, he, he was going to go to yeah. Watford and then change yeah. his mind. Yeah. Ashley yeah. Young's signed for Villa. Okay. Danny Rose has gone to Watford. Yeah, because I kept hearing Ashley Young link with them. And yeah. then. No, he yeah, went to yeah. Villa. Oh, fair enough. Josh King's uh, an old career is certainly... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hasn't it has it? not been what he yeah. wanted. But... <laughs> um, Felipe Anderson has gone to uh, Lazio for reportedly £3 million. Uh, the reason for such a fee is supposedly that was just the price of West Ham's final instalment to them, so they've essentially just written that off. Um, after signing him for £30 million, that, that's rough. I mean, that's turned into a disaster. Because I remember at one point he was getting linked with Liverpool with other clubs. He yeah, hit yeah. a bit of a run of form West Ham and he was getting linked with big money moves. And he's been he's a game against United non-existent since. Yeah, yeah, he's getting linked with a lot of teams. For it at the Emirates, a lot of money. He had a stormer against United and then uh, downhill from there. Um, really weird. And then finally, Jesse Lingard says, well, Solskjaer says that Jesse Lingard is staying and fighting for his place at United. Do you think that's a case of sentimentality on Lingard's part, Goff, because surely now is the time for him to go and get regular football that he's probably not going to get a United. Yeah, I'd agree. I think if you're Jesse, then yeah, you should, considering what he did at West Ham, it would be common sense to go and look elsewhere. Yeah. If he's fighting for his place, obviously with Sancho incoming on the right, he might have a chance on the left if is Martial fit? Because obviously Rashford's due an operation, but he's yeah. not going to get in ahead of Bruno behind the striker, is he? Unless... Pogba on the left as well, I don't forget. Exactly. <laughs> Pogba is an option on the left, but that's another kind of worms to open. But, yeah, if I if I was Lingard, I'd just... As, as much as, like you said, sentiment creeps in, you would just put your thinking hat on, wouldn't you, and just say, right, what whatever options are, that, are there out there? Do you reckon he's just thinking how much of a good time I'll have off the field with Rashford and Sancho there? <laughs> beans, 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 part two. <laughs> but if I was him, I'd be pushing for it. Like obviously, West Ham embraced him with open arms, and all the fans took to him. There, I'd be yeah. pushing for a move that to West Ham. Supposed thirty million fee United are after is horrific. It's that it's that English extra. Fund. Oh no, he's last year of his contract as well. <laughs> that's 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 bad. That's ten, that's 10 million in normal money. <laughs> there's no way West Ham were paying that either <laughs> um, so that's it there just the last thing to do before we move on because I'm literally dripping with sweat here um, <laughs> TJ Dillashaw returns this weekend in the UFC after two years out he was banned for uh, EPO in his system he says that he just took it three or four weeks out to try and make the weight um, and he hasn't done it at all previously in his career. Um, I know Goff and uh, 
Jack, I'm not expecting uh, much uh, UFC insight here, but the question is, um, how should we treat drugs cheats when they return from a ban? Is it a case of you've done your time, we now treat you as kind of anyone else? Or is it right that it gets kind of hung over your head like it does with, say, Lance Armstrong in cycling, John Jones and Chel Sonnen in the UFC, uh, Justin Gatlin in track, Sharapova in tennis, these guys who uh, you can't say their name without someone following it with uh, drugs cheat behind it. I think it's a weird one, isn't it? Because there's a lot more going on, a bit going on than gets caught. Yeah. So there's a lot of the stars that are out there that are doping or using peds or anything like that. Um, so it's a tricky one. But I think it's right that they have this tag because it deters so many people from doing them because the shame, surely, like the punishment, yeah. like you don't have to do it. You kind of get banned for like a couple of years or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's one thing. But to have your entire legacy dragged through the mud, never, regardless, like Lance Armstrong, he's just, his legacy, no one ever knows about his legacy now. It's all about, he was a cheat and that is it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's well, right to have this level kind of condemnation above it because yeah. it acts as a deterrent more than anything. Well, Justin Gatlin was booed after beating Usain Bolt and winning the World Championships in 2017. And this isn't me saying that he shouldn't have been booed. Um, when you go back to the 2012 Olympics 100-metre final, half of the runners in that final race had been banned at some point. Mm. Yet we kind of get these standout names and it can look like I'm going with the agenda again here. Tyson Fury failed a drugs test and his reputation... <laughs> wasn't hampered at all. If anything, it got stronger because he incorporated it and said he was depressed. Um, people think that he just failed the cocaine. Um, it does seem to be essentially how popular you are is whether you can get away with it and kind of have a career post-failure. Was it just cocaine or was there other bits? No, no, he had nandrolone in his system, oh, which he blamed on eating wild boar. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, most people don't. It's a hell of a PO. The time when he went to the World Cup and he was seen with the fans jumping about, saying he was injured and couldn't fight Klitschko, um, was when he was he was banned. He had a year-long ban, which I think was backdated in the end. But yeah, he uh, if you go down his record, you'll see a win against Christian Hammer marked as a no contest because of mm. a uh, drugs in his system. I didn't know that. I think it comes down to how good your team are at hiding it. Yeah. Like Mo Farah. Like getting done for doping or his coach did but they haven't been able to yeah. get it's just everyone does it I guess and it's just how quickly you can get out of your system we've seen videos of Jordan Pickford on the shoulders of, of his, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure they were performance enhancing <laughs> but there's been a banned substance isn't it and I guess like Rio Ferdinand's another one to talk about he obviously yeah. didn't take a drugs test because he knew he'd fail it obviously but allegedly no, no, we wow. forgot Wow. Yeah. People forget every now and then. Sheriff Hover was booed at the Rio Olympics. And in 2016, the UK, uh, UK Athletics Board came out and were pushing for lifetime bans for anyone British caught doping. And they say the record books should be then ripped up for their career previously. Um, Unfortunately, after then, a lot of scrutiny did go towards a lot of their cycling team 
and their stance has since relaxed on that <laughs> case and they've not been doing much of that since but as far as I'm aware if you fail a drugs test in Britain even if you're proved innocent afterwards you're no longer funded as an Olympic athlete in this country is what I read earlier um, and that was 2015 I think so they may have changed it since I think this year is when they could change the legislation but I do find it funny with um, how Russia performed in 2016 in the Russia World Cup. And obviously, I know it's not theories, but yeah. seeing them with injection marks in their arms yeah. and stuff, and they absolutely ran their legs off and they just outran every team. That's how they did so well. And then you see them in the Euro Championships this time around, and they yeah. looked like their legs had gone in the 60th minute against Denmark. Yeah. See? <laughs> You've got to ask people in this country do assume it is just Russia and these kind of athletes. Um, I mean, there's a theory as to why Liverpool didn't defend their title as well as they did. I mean, <laughs> injuries were a part of it, but there were genuine conspiracy theorists out there. But essentially, I think, at least from what I gather, we're largely in agreement that the, the kind of aura around you should remain. It shouldn't be, you've done it now, we completely forget what you've done because you did have an intent to go out there and cheat. What I'd like to see is like a drug Olympics where everyone that wants to take performance enhancing drugs goes and does the their own version of the Olympic Games and then can really see how quickly... There's baseball in like the 80s. Yeah, like the 100, how, the 100 meters, how quickly the 100 metres can be run. The normal Olympics it. is going to become very boring very quick. <laughs> I know. They're doing it double the time. They're doing it five seconds, 100 meters. What's wrong with you? Essentially Japanese to... MMA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to see someone run the 100 meters in like 9.58 seconds. I want to see someone run it in like six. <laughs> on, on on New Year's Day each year, if um, you look out and you try and find a stream for a Japanese MMA event called Rising, um, they're the ones where you see the clips of like some like seven foot woman like beating up a grandma like juiced to the gills over there. <laughs> they they th- their stance on testing is if we don't test you you can't get caught. <laughs> and so a lot of these fighters go over there to end their career and it's just like all right, fair game. But <laughs> TJ Dillashaw, it's it's a shame because at the point before he lost, he did lose the fight, so he juiced for no reason because he lost anyway. But he was one of the most exciting fighters on the roster before it happened and I'm not going to tell you that I'm going to boycott watching him fight because I'm absolutely going to tune in in fact I actually think it increases the interest because you're going to root against him there him against uh, Corey Sandhagen is a phenomenal fight mm. but he, he said before now he knows that's going to stick with him his career he claimed it was only the one fight but we don't know that so no once it's and people just assume it's for the whole career, don't they? Yeah. I think here's one in particular. Once you have EPO on the record, because you can only yeah. get that by injecting, it's just, you know, the other excuses you can use about contaminated food or whatever just go out the window so you know oh. he's, he's a cheat out and out. We do get the contaminated substance an awful lot. And a lot of the cases yeah, that which... when people get cleared is essentially because they don't have the evidence to say otherwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I guess that's our stance. We'll we'll see how we feel next week regarding uh, whether TJ wins or loses. I think a large part of it is how upfront you are about it. I don't resent Armstrong in the same way because he was in the in the end 
who's a friend of mine, Chael Sonnen. Can't say I dislike the bloke. In fact, I was liking his tweets last week. Him calling himself the most juiced man in the UFC at the time. He was saying this before I started injecting. I, I mean, he really has leaned into it, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. So he doesn't shy away from That's what you've got to do, I guess. But like Brian Ortega did yeah. it at the start of his career. And I guess it, it does kind of affect how much we like so many of these people that once you're caught, if you admit you've done wrong, then I guess you at least give us the chance to make our own determinations about you and go by how you handle it. So Yeah, yeah, for sure. So anyway, I'll uh, let us escape now, get our fans back on, get a cold drink, whatever we need to do. Thanks, Philip. Actually, just before we go, um, golf, because I don't think... Uh, TK has uh, seen at least one of the two. Movie Madness this week, we're doing Thor Ragnarok up against National Treasure. Um, Thor Ragnarok is actually up there with one of my favourite Marvel films, so I'm going to go for that. Watched it last night. That'll be out Friday. Thank you for listening. We'll be back. Goodbye.